0: Section 42 of Word Portraits by Famous Writers This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by Eva Davis Word Portraits of Famous Writers edited by Mabel E Wootton William Hazlitt 1778 to 1830 from Patmore's Personal Recollections from brian proctor's recollections of men of letters the truth is that for depth force and variety of intellectual expression a finer head and face than hazlitt's were never seen i speak of them when his countenance was not dimmed and obscured by illness or clouded and deformed by those fearful indications of internal passion which he never even attempted to conceal The expression of Hazlitt's face when anything was said in his presence that seriously offended him, or when any peculiarly painful recollection passed across his mind, was truly awful, more so than can be conceived as within the capacity of the human countenance, except, perhaps, by those who have witnessed Edmund Keane's last scene of Sir Giles' overreach from the front of the pit. But when he was in good health, and in a tolerable humour with himself and the world his face was more truly and entirely answerable to the intellect that spoke through it than any other i ever saw either in life or on canvas and its crowning portion the brow and forehead was to my thinking quite unequalled for mingled capacity and beauty for those who desire a more particular description i will add that hazlitt's features though not cast in any received classical mould were regular in their formation perfectly consonant with each other and so finely chiselled as the phrase is that they produced a much more prominent and striking effect than their scale of size might have led one to expect the forehead as i have hinted was magnificent the nose precisely that combining strength with lightness and elegance which physiognomists have assigned as evidence of a fine and highly cultivated taste, though there was a peculiar character about the nostrils, like that observable in those of a fiery and unruly horse. The mouth, from its ever-changing form and character, could scarcely be described, except as to its astonishingly varied power of expression, which was equal to and greatly resembled that of Edmund Kean. His eyes, I should say, were not good they were never brilliant and there was a furtive and at times a sinister look about them as they glanced suspiciously from under their overhanging brows that conveyed a very unpleasant impression to those who did not know him and they were seldom directed frankly and fairly towards you as if you were afraid that you might read in them what was passing in his mind concerning you his head was nobly formed and placed with until the last few years of his life a profusion of coal-black hair richly curled and his person was of middle height rather slight but well formed and put together from brian proctor's recollections of men of letters my first meeting with mr hazlitt took place at the house of lee hunt where i met him at supper i expected to see a severe defiant-looking being i met a grave man diffident almost awkward in manner whose appearance did not impress me with much respect he had a quick restless eye however which opened eagerly when any good or bright observation was made and i found at the conclusion of the evening that when any question arose the most sensible reply always came from him hazlitt was of the middle size with eager expressive eyes near which his black hair sprinkled sparely with grey curled round in a wiry resolute manner his grey eyes not remarkable in colour expanded into great expression when occasion demanded it being very shy however they often evaded your steadfast look they never as has been asserted by someone had a sinister expression but they sometimes flamed with indignant glances when their owner was moved to anger like the eyes of other angry men at home his style of dress or undress was perhaps slovenly because there was no one to please But he always presented a very neat and clean appearance when he went abroad his mode of walking was loose weak and unsteady although his arms displayed strength which he used to put forth when he played at racquets with martin burney and others from the cowden clark's recollections of writers the painting was standing on an old-fashioned couch in one corner of the room leaning against the wall and we remained opposite to it for some time while Hazlitt stood by holding the candle high up so as to throw the light well onto the picture, descanting enthusiastically on the merits of the original. The beam from the candle falling on his own finely intellectual head, with its iron-grey hair, its square potential forehead, its massive mouth and chin, and eyes full of earnest fire, formed a glorious picture in itself, and remains a luminous vision forever upon our memories. About 1829, End of section 42